Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 180. Doesn't have to be perfect. Just keep going. Just keep going a little bit at a time. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and thank you so much for joining me today. At the end of this podcast, I want to share with you where my focus has been these last few months. I've been working on something really hard for you. It's the rebranding and updating of my master membership program called Makers MBA. Stay tuned to the end for details on that. I also want to make sure that you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. This is a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Now, I want to tell you about my guest today. I've known Sean for many years now. I am so, so impressed with the growth of her company, her ability to jump in and try new things that might be a little anxiety provoking initially, but she knows can help grow her business. Today on the show, she offers us up two really, really valuable points of ways that you can attract more customers, develop yourself, and grow your business. These are some actions that you may never have considered before, even though the concept is familiar. She talks about two specific things she does with networking that is different from traditional networking as we would think of it. So that's a teaser. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to let Sean, the pro, talk about that. And then she also gets into Facebook Live and what she's doing for her business on that platform. Unbelievably impressed with what she's doing, how she's getting it done, very creative, and you guys, it's moving the needle for her. I can't wait for you to hear all of it, and let's get right to it. Here comes Sean. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Sean Parola. Sean is the owner of All the Buzz, a gift basket and corporate gift company located in San Jose, California. Sean's business has grown over the past 14 years, from part-time and home-based to very full-time in a private production facility. All the Buzz focuses on custom business gifts with an emphasis on California products and personalized products created right in her workshop. Sean is an expert in her field. 
She has served as an instructor at a national conference, has been featured in several publications, and won many design awards. Most recently, first place in corporate design at the National Gift Basket Convention. Sean, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Thank you, Sue. I'm so happy to be here. I am thrilled to have you here, and I'm going to start out with something that's going to be super easy for you, because I'm having you make your own customized motivational candle. So if you were to create a candle that really speaks to who you are, Sean, what color would it be, and what would be a quote that you'd put on your special candle? All right. Well, my motivational candle would definitely be yellow, because I think that's light and bright and sunny and positive. It would definitely be a beeswax candle because we're all about bees here at All the Buzz. And we're also all about the natural and organic that beeswax is. And it reminds me of our company mascot and all of our bee things we have around here. As far as a motivational quote, I think my favorite one right now is striving for progress, not perfection. Oh my gosh, I totally agree with you. But tell me what that means for you. For me, that means in the past, I sometimes have gotten kind of caught up in I get stagnant. I just don't do anything because I can't do it just perfect. I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. And so if I can't do it, I stop and I don't make any progress. So now I'm just kind of lately trying to focus on that every morning and tell myself, just do a little bit towards it. Doesn't have to be perfect. Just keep going. Just keep going a little bit at a time. I so agree with you there. And I think a lot of people who are thinking of starting a business, think it has to be perfection right out of the gate, right? Or else they haven't been successful and their business is never going to go anywhere. And your quote speaks to this totally, that you got to get something out to even see if it's working and to make tweaks so eventually it will work. Absolutely. I think we're all worried about what other people are going to think. And, you know, they're going to think what they're going to think, but we have to make progress for ourselves. And for me, that's a big thing. I have to do my thing, whether, you know, everybody thinks it's perfect or they make fun of me or or whatever they're going to do. I still got to make progress over here. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, anyone who's making fun of anybody probably isn't doing anything themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the truth. Because it's so easy to critique versus really actually doing the work and putting yourself out there. Right, exactly. All right, so take us back 14 years ago. How did you get the idea of all the buzz? Well, it probably started long before that. My son is going to be 23 next month. It very much started with him. When I had him, I became a kind of a crazy mom. I wanted to have all of these, before Pinterest even, these crazy birthday parties with themes and absolutely taken to an extreme degree (laughs) and decorations (laughs) and party favors and all of those kind of things. And then shortly after that, and while that was going on, my sister and I started a small event planning company. We were kind of just getting started. And I always ended up doing things like the out-of-town gifts and centerpieces and things like that. And she did all the planning and keeping things on track. And she decided to take a lot different route. She went into a completely different kind of business. And I started having friends still continue to ask me to please do that for them between the birthday parties and favors and decorations and centerpieces and all the things they had seen to please continue doing that and do it for this party and that party and this event. And the big one was when they offered to pay me to do it. That was the big difference. And I started thinking, could I really do this and be paid for what I love to do and make it a business, even part time? So that's how I started. 
it's a crazy transition when you have the realization like, oh, people will actually even pay me money for doing this, which mm -hmm. is something I just enjoy doing. Exactly. It seems like a dream that that would happen. Yeah, for sure. So I'm guessing you took that first paid job, but you don't have a business yet. Right. So you got the realization that people will pay you for your skills and what you have the talent for. How did that transition actually into a business? Well, I think it just progressed. I got more and more requests. And probably one of the big stepping stones was my sister-in-law was working for a big automotive plant here nearby to where we are. And she asked me to do administrative professional gifts for the company. And the big difference was it was a large number of administrative professionals. I believe it was something like 50 gifts. And so that was a huge jump in number and scale to anything I had done before. And so when she did that, it really tested us. At that point, I didn't have help. I had to call in my husband, my son, my parents, everybody to help me get that done. And that really made me realize, and it was a lot more money that I earned for that job. And it was a lot more work. And it made me start thinking about really taking it to a higher level than what we had done before, than what I had done before. Wonderful. Okay. And so talk about all the buzz and how you established the name and really put the formality around the business. Because you're saying that that 50 piece project is like, okay, now we really need to start doing something more professional for the business, like registering or whatever you did. But how did you define what the company name was going to be and all of that? Take us through that. All the Buzz is a great name. It's done very, very well for us. Love the name. <laughs> I wish that I had a better story around the name. It just happened. My husband and I went back and forth, back and forth on all these names, you know, and came up with all. And it was just one of the many, many names that he and I had come up with. And we wanted it to be a name that included more than gift baskets, just in case we wanted to expand into something different or the business morphed into something different. It could encompass all of that. So right now we call ourselves All the Buzz Gifts because we do a lot more than gift baskets. But that's how that came about. My husband was a major, major contributor. We got married about 15 years ago, and he really pushed me on this. He said, you're doing this. So you got to go for it. Looks like something we could do well with. So I went and registered, got all of that together, registered name, fictitious name, business license, set up a business checking account, and we started. And it was very slow. I have to admit, it was very slow for a number of years. I went a complete week sometimes without an order. We didn't have constant orders. It was here and there. I had a part-time job and I was raising my son, so that was okay. So that's how we got started. And then it has just grown and grown from there. We did take a dip with the recession, of course. And thank goodness, you know, I had my husband who had a steady full-time job and we made it through that. And then we just started rebuilding. And I feel stronger for making it through that. And I feel better about the future that we could take on whatever comes our way because of that tough time. But we've just grown and grown from there. Like I said, it's very, or you said, it's very much full-time. takes a lot of time and effort, but we do some great business now. Okay, so... I have like 7,000 questions now for you okay. <laughs> after all of that. It's so interesting to me, Sean, that you had a similar situation that I did when I started my, <laughs> coincidentally, gift basket business back so long ago. And that was someone else had to suggest to me 
to start a business. I didn't naturally think, and that was kind of crazy because I was consulting all these other businesses before. But when I stayed home and then decided to enter the workforce again, it was also my husband who said, well, why don't you start something for yourself? Like the idea never, ever even occurred to me to do that. Times are different now because the whole idea of starting businesses and being an entrepreneur and all of that is kind of the, go watch for this, Sean, buzzword (laughs) these days, (laughs) right? But how important do you feel your husband's support was for you as you were getting started back then? Well, it was critical. He believed in me before I believed in myself. And he really wasn't the only one. I also have my parents were very, very strong supporters. Now, they didn't get me started. They saw that, you know, I had a young son and that's where they focused on where they thought I should keep my focus. But once I got started, they jumped in too. And I think it's so important. I can't imagine doing it without a support group. And that's whoever it is to you. I always think it doesn't have to be a husband because I have many single friends and it does have to be there, I think to really succeed because you need somebody when times get tough to tell you, you can do this. You got this. I'm going to come help you. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It can be anybody now. It's sometimes my son or girlfriends or this and that too, as well as my husband. But you're right. It was important in that beginning stage because I thought it was such a huge undertaking. I think I doubted myself whether I really could do that. I needed a shove. I really did. (laughs) Yeah, you needed someone then to be saying, yes, you've got this. Or, you know, on those tough times when you just come home and you're like, why am I even doing this? You know, maybe I should shut down. It's never going to work. Right. And ongoing. I mean, that for the last 14 years, I need that periodically, even to this day. So, yes. Very good point. Really good point. So you've got a lot of family support. You've got friend support. Are there other places that you're going for support? There are, I have, and I know there's a large group on there online. There's a Facebook group for gift basket professionals, and I'm sure there are for a lot of industries, but we seem to have a really strong supportive group and it goes from just sourcing a product to encouraging each other to, gosh, you name it, personal things even, but it's really, really helpful for that. And I appreciate it so much. That's probably my biggest One. And I also do have, I should mention them too, is my, I have a little mastermind group that I go to and a small networking group that kind of serve as the same way, encouraging and supportive kind of roles. Wonderful. And well, obviously I knew about the gift basket group because I've been part of that as well, but I wasn't trying to feed that question. I was trying to make the point that there's a lot of different places you can get support. And so gift biz listeners, I'm kind of talking to you right now is let's say you have a partner who's possibly doubting what you're doing because they're afraid you're going to quit your job or something and they need the income. But let's say you have someone in your life that is less than supportive, whether it's a spouse, partner, friends, parents, whatever. There are lots of places where you can get support online within your industry and then local, like you're talking about, Sean, with networking and masterminding. So I want to get into some of that now, too. But I just want to make the point that, as Sean brought up, having some type of support either physically, so that if you have large orders, which Sean is what you were doing, but also emotionally, just to keep you going. And I'd love your comment on this, Sean, but you're not weak if you need to reach out for help from time to time. Not at all. I think it's a actually a sign of strength to know when you need help and to ask for it. And then be able to be there when someone else needs the same. 
Absolutely. Okay, so networking, you know I'm a huge advocate of networking. Yes. What types of groups are you in? Let's go down that route a little bit. Tell us what you're doing now and how you got started networking. Right. I started with, I think I found it in a local newspaper. It was a little group that was starting up and they were meeting. And it was of various industries and various professionals. And I started with that group and it was kind of nice because I started with them. So we took it from the ground up. There weren't a lot of expectations on me because I had been going to networking groups before that. And it was a nice start, but I also quickly jumped into, they introduced me to a large women's group that was very, very beneficial to my business. It had a lunch and a dinner each month, and they were very largely attended 50 to 100 people. And so I started growing in and kind of stretching my comfort zone. And then I have also done the Chamber of Commerce in a couple of cities. I belonged to the San Jose Chamber of Commerce for several years which was a very large city chamber with a lot of big companies as well as small companies. And then I also joined the Santa Clara Chamber when we became uh, Super Bowl vendors because the Super Bowl was going to be held in Santa Clara. And that was a smaller city group, which had additional benefits because I was more a peer to the people that were attending there. So that was kind of a different experience. And they both had their strengths and weaknesses for me, or I had strengths and weaknesses around attending those events but they were both good in their own ways. So was Santa Clara a strategic move because you wanted that Super Bowl business? Yes, it was. I figured it was the Super Bowl was being held there. I also felt that I should be supporting the city. I had become a Super Bowl vendor. It was a big deal. We had a brand new stadium. If you know, our 49ers have a still a fairly new stadium. It was strategic because I also saw that Santa Clara was growing up. We have the new stadium, we have all kinds of new shopping, new businesses going in around there. And I thought it was an opportunity to start when the chamber was small, the base was small, and to grow with them. So that was my strategic planning on that. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. So I love the fact that you've been strategic in the different types of groups that you're joining. And I also think it's important that you analyze groups, right? So you might try a group and you see that the personality of the group, it just maybe not a fit. So you want to try something else. I don't think that networking overall is a win or a lose. You've got to perfect the system like anything you do with your business. Absolutely. For me right now, I'm kind of going through a transition. I left a group and I'm looking for a new group but I really take advantage of their free visit times. (laughs) And also to even, people always reach out when you first visit to do some one-on-ones and to take advantage of all the networking opportunities you can within there. They usually have, you can visit twice before you pay or something like that. And I always do that to the max. I'd never join after one meeting because I kind of want to feel it out before I make a commitment. Because once you're committed, at least for me, it's very hard to leave. I don't know why I have so much trouble leaving, but I really do. So I'm trying to be more careful about joining now. And what are you looking for specifically before you join? How do you analyze a group? I have a few things. I'm looking for how connected the people seem to each other. I'm looking for past business, whether, and I mean past, as if do they pass business to each other. Mm -hmm. And they usually have a section in a meeting where they talk about that. And that's really important to me. If it sounds like there's a lot going on there and referrals, that's really important to me. 
I'm also looking for people that are really active on social media because that's a very important thing to me right now. And the group I just left, the people were not really active on there. And that's another way we're putting in the time and the effort to be at these meetings weekly. It's another way to support each other is online. And I want that for that commitment. (laughs) So that's a biggie for me. Oh, so how are you supporting each other online? What do you mean by that? Well, we have in another group I'm in that's active and has a social media focus. We follow each other all on whatever platform each other is on. We follow on there. So if it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we follow each other. We also, in that group, we have one-on-ones. We each support another person each month, and then somebody supports you. So that means doing a few things that they need for their business. And in fact, I have a meeting today with the chiropractor in my group. So I'm going to go over to the chiropractor's office. They're going to tell me what they do. I'm going to look around. I'm probably going to take some pictures. I'm going to really try and immerse myself in the experience so that I might be able to refer that person appropriately. Or if I can use that service, I'll know it. And I can also show pictures and things like that online and kind of expose their business to the rest of my network. That's perfect because your audience is similar to theirs because you're local, right? Right. So I love that idea. And I haven't heard it done in that way necessarily before. So you're going over and you're going to get a little bit of a deeper look into what his business is all about. Additionally, you're building a relationship, right? Because you're learning a different angle of him, even just as a person. Exactly. And then you're using that to create some type of a story for social media, whether it's just pictures, who knows, maybe you'll do Facebook Live, because that's the topic we're going to get into next, Sean. (laughs) But I love that idea. Is this type of a situation reciprocal? In other words, he'll now come into your place and see what you're all about? Is it that structured? Yes, at some point. I mean, we are literally assigned another group member each month. So at some point, he will come around to mine. But right now, this month, I have someone else from the group that is coming to support me at some point. That is such a good idea. Is this part of the chamber or a different group? It's a different group. It's just a small local networking group, but it has a social media base. And so each member is vetted before they are allowed to join actually. So we want people to join. We encourage that. But we also have to approve them. And a big part of that is that they are social media active. So they have to be on there and have at least a basic understanding of social media, a desire to do social media for their business. And they have to keep up with things that way or they're not allowed to stay. So it's a big focus for this group. Right. And that way, everybody who's joined provides similar value because you know that if you're going, they will be posting, they're knowledgeable, they're not asking you how to do a Facebook post or something like that. So that makes it then more worth your time as well. Absolutely. So we're all getting and giving something every month. Mm -hmm. In addition to past business and things, we have that social media love, as we call it in that group, that's happening. Oh, I'm going to give some thought to that. That is really interesting. Gift Biz listeners, think about this, because I'm just wondering how you might be able to tweak that in your community. Two things stand out for me. Number one, the focus on social media. So you're taking a live event and then enhancing it with the whole social media aspect. And I mean live event by not only the group meetings, but those individual one-on-one meetings. And then the structure to it where, Sean, you have a schedule, right? And is it monthly, did you say? You meet with someone every once a month, right? 
Right. We have a group meeting once a month, and then we do our support of the other member at some point before the next meeting. Perfect. So it's not too much time. It's not like a weekly meeting where it's really going to take you off your game of business. You can easily fit it in still. Right. That's really interesting. Do you have other groups like this? Is this a California thing? (laughs) I don't think so. I don't know. (laughs) It is the only group I have that's so social media focused like that. So there is that. And what I didn't mention also is that group, another expectation and requirement of that group is that not only do we have that one person we support, but there's an expectation that we support each other's posts and sharing of their events and what they're up to that they're doing online. There's an expectation that we share those things with our network or that we comment. And we have a social media expert in the group. And he has told us how the best way to get engagement, to increase our fans and things like that. He kind of coaches us on that. And then we do that for all the other members in the group, the entire rest of the group. So when you see somebody says something about I'm having an event on Friday, we all share it. That's expectation requirement. I'm happy to do it. All of those things. Yeah, I love that because the fact is on social media, if you post, doesn't mean anyone's going to see it, right? Right. But when it gets interaction and engagement, either through commenting and not just yes, no, or hey, or you know, like any of that, but some type of a meaningful sentence and then sharing, then those posts go out to more people. So you've kind of built in with this networking group an automatic base of people. So no matter what you post for these important events, now I'm sure it's not every single post you do, but the significant events that you already know, at least it's going to be broadened somewhat. Right. Oh, that's great. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, it works very well because I think, too, what's important to remember is when you go to a networking group, it shouldn't be just that you're expecting business from that 10, 12, 25 people, however many people are sitting in the room, but it should be those people plus their entire networks, right? The people that they introduce you to. And this just increases that so, so much. Absolutely. So, Gift Biz listeners, you see what I mean? Two very creative and unique ideas and a twist on networking. I do hope you consider these tactical actions and possibly integrate them into your networking strategy. After a word from our sponsor, we're going to hear what all the buzz is about on Facebook Live. This podcast is made possible thanks to the support of the Ribbon Print Company. Create custom ribbons right in your store or craft studio in seconds. Visit theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. Okay, so I had mentioned before that I wanted to swing into Facebook Live with you. And Gift Biz listeners, Sean Parola knows what she's doing. I want you all to go look at all the buzz. So much so, Sean, that I put you on the spot. Well, I'm putting you on the spot right here. (laughs) But I also put you on the spot a few weeks ago at the National Gift Basket Convention because you were a demonstration of best practices in my presentation, right? (laughs) Yes, I was honored. Well-deserved. I think I had several slides uh, showing what you're doing. So that's why I'm suggesting for all of you to go and look and see what she's doing. And you're doing it from your Facebook page, right, Sean? Right, my Facebook business page. All the buzz, right? All the buzz. Okay. And we'll obviously have that in the show notes. But let's start with going live, just overall going live. Tell us your experience from the first hearing that you could now do this to when you did your first lives to what it's evolved into today. Okay. Well, 
it kind of reminds me, I have a few friends that tell me, well, I'm not going to do Facebook live because I don't like to do that like you do. And I want to make something really, really clear from the beginning. And still to this day, I started this way and it's still true is that I don't love doing it. I'm very much an introvert. I'm a quiet, reserved person. I know you know that, Sue. I don't like to be on camera. None of that. But someone told me that you really need to do this because video is so important to your business. In fact, they were saying something like it gets 10 times the engagement of a static post. Mm -hmm. So I decided I do what's good for my business and that's good for my business. So I'm going to jump in. And I started and it was really rough. I mean, the first one, you can probably go back because I decided I was also leaving them because it doesn't have to be perfect. It has to be progress. Perfect example of that. Yeah. And I jumped in with bad lighting, bad sound, (laughs) just not knowing exactly what I was going to say, but I did it. And, you know, right away, it got so much engagement and so many people saying, oh, you know, we're so happy to see you. And they seem to enjoy it, which encouraged me. And other people say in those, especially in that networking group, were really excited that I had started doing that. And so that very much encouraged me. And so I started doing more and more. And then people started saying, hey, you need another light and I'll tell you what to get. And you need this and you need that. And so gradually I got those things together and the quality has improved. It is still not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But it shouldn't be. I mean, that's the joy of, you know, this is not a professionally produced video, right? You want it to be just in the moment. Well, I think that is so much of what I have learned to love about Facebook Live is that there isn't an expectation of perfection from anyone. So you can see on that Facebook page, I have a couple of professional videos and then I have my lives. And what I do notice and what other people have told me is that they see my personality so much more in the lives. And I think it's because of that not needing to be perfect and just being able to go off the cuff and being able to laugh and being able to make jokes and be silly. And actually, people really like that. They get to see a little more who you are, kind of endears them to you, you know, and it's so much fun. And you see that engagement on there. People are talking to me and you can talk back to them. And it just has become really fun, even though I don't ever love to do it. And I always get a twinge of nervousness, but I have come to enjoy it a lot more and it helps my business. So I'm going to do it. So you are seeing a correlation to your business. You doing Facebook live, new customers, more sales. What are you seeing there? I'm seeing that we are getting new and different followers and that I'm hopeful about that. Sometimes it is hard to link it exactly to a customer. Mm-hmm. But I have had some of my new customers say that they went in and checked out because I send them there now to Facebook and to Instagram both. I send them there because I know that I'm showing so much on there of what we can do and also that they get to know me a little bit more and people want to work with people they know. And somehow I think through those lives, they are feel like they know me. And so there's that. So I am hearing that it is a little bit hard to get a direct correlation to this sale came from this live post. That is difficult for me. I don't know if there's a way to tell that, but I can see there's quite a few views. And then I do hear from people that they went and looked and they saw, they'll say sometimes they reference something they saw in the video. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Exposure. For sure. Yeah. Just attracting new people. And I totally agree with you that the live 
gets to your personality. If you just try and be yourself, and we've talked about this before, not just you and I, Sean, but you know, we talked about it when I'm presenting live, is you can't try to be somebody else. So if you guys go and see what Sean's doing, don't try to copy exactly what Sean is doing because there's only one Sean, right? You need to take your own personality and if you're deciding to do live and if you're around me too much, I'm going to convince you <laughs> to do live. But you want to just be yourself and it's the easiest and the hardest thing to do at the same time because you're putting yourself out there and you're being vulnerable. And Sean, I've got to say, you do not look anxious at all on camera. You just look like yourself. So now you've shared that little secret that underneath you are. <laughs> no one would know that really. And that's the thing, I guess, you know, that's what people say, but you can't help but get a little twinge of now I'm trying to have more content driven information. So that's a little more, it takes a little more effort and I worry about getting the right message across a little bit, but I also always tell myself, just have fun with it. People like that, just go for it. Just do it. Absolutely. So share with everybody what types of things you're putting up. Then that has evolved too. And people, if you start doing it, I'm sure like I did, they will give you ideas on what they want to see. We always go live from the hive. So we bring in our brand at the beginning. And that was a total mistake. I said it in one of my first videos and then immediately thought, well, that's always going to be there. It's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> and then we do, now that I've started doing these, I think of things like something will happen or box will come in and I'll think, oh, this is live material. So we do unboxings. If we have exciting new things, we do unboxings. We do vendor spotlights. We do new programs. Sometimes I just have a gift tip that I share. Sometimes it's just kind of a word to the wise or something I think of, kind of the same as a tip. And I'm trying to think just random things sometimes. Oh, if I'm at an event, that can happen. You've done events from your place, like your holiday event from last year was one. Yep. That was a winery partner that we did. So that was off site, but we have done them a lot from the workshop. We did one with my assistant. She was making a bow, I think. And so we did one with that. I mean, it really can be anything. Yeah. So I would really love for you guys to go and see what she's done, because again, it's a perfect example. The other thing that happens, Sean, is you position yourself then as highly credible within the business and an expert because you're also showing tips, maybe to some other gift basket owners, but also to businesses and to show the level of complexity. One of the struggles with gift basket businesses is it can look like it's a little, oh, a little fun business on the side, right? Right. The way you position it and the detail that goes into making the gifts and all the structure behind your business, which you're seeing when it's from the workshop, and why to gift overall, especially when we're talking about corporate, really positions you as an expert and a leader in the field, which you can't really do that through a staged video because it looks too rote. It's just like too perfect. Right. And something I found in that is you can show part of the process. And a lot of people worry about they're showing somebody how to do it. They'll just do it on their own. But that has not been my experience at all. In fact, I did a whole a live presentation, a little off topic, but a, a live presentation at one of my networking groups years ago on how to make a gift basket. And when I looked up, there were all kinds of jaws dropped. They had no idea that it took that much and that much went into it. And I gained new customers from that because they thought they could never do that after they watched it. It's not true that you're going to teach somebody to do it and they're going to do it themselves. 
And if you're really worried about that, just take a portion of it, show a bow or whatever. And that they're going to decide from that, that they don't know how to do that. They don't want to put that effort in. They're not going to do it. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Or they see that it's way too much work, nor do they always have all of the elements that they need to put it together. Right. That's when people say, oh, you have all those things. I said, yeah, that's why I can do it. I have all this experience and skill and the materials. That's a lot for someone just, you know, an insurance broker or whatever to put together to do that. They're not going to do that. They're going to call you. That's been my experience. Well, they might try first, but then they're going to call you (laughs) for sure. Right. That's true. If they try. Let's touch quickly on the recession and how you got through that, because the recession was obviously a lot of us dealt with that. It's come up a lot in all different types of industries on the show. You could have your own personal recession in your business, too. For some reason, things are more difficult or more challenging. A competitor comes in and you end up having to split some of your business until you regrow. There could be a lot of reasons why business could dip for a certain period of time. So share with us what your experience was like during that time, how you stayed open, and what's come since then. Right. Yeah, I think it can come at any time. And we've had, you know, still a slow month or two here and there. And I think the thing is that I just try when that things seem slower, and especially during that recession time to streamline things, try and cut costs a little bit and see what things we could do on our own. Sometimes for us, that's an opportunity to learn something that we had someone else doing. We've done that with our accounting and our newsletter. Things are a little quieter. We take on some of that and do that, and we save the cost of doing it. And I've learned so much. And the other things are maybe look for new partners to be creative in that we've gained winery and a florist that we work with that can increase business for a time or over a long time like we have now. And also, I would say staying open to opportunities. Really take the time to research because you have the time if you're not so busy. Research what else you could do if there's a way to diversify or a market that you haven't tapped or to even ask friends and family if they know people that you should be introduced to in a nice way, of course. But you can work on all those things when it's slower and find new opportunities that will increase your business for the future. The important word that you're saying there is new too. Not just continue doing what you were doing if it's not working, but to your point, looking for new partnerships, looking for what's now resonating with the group, possibly during a recession. I remember this to be my case is that a lot of my corporate clients didn't want to send expensive gifts because it looked like they were being insensitive to the situation that everyone was facing. Right. So we had to reposition what offerings were going to be because the market just wasn't receptive to some of the things that we had for that time. So just being open to new things. Right. In that case, not worrying about, oh, they're bringing their gifts a lot smaller. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Do the smaller gift and then hopefully they will grow again and you will have, you know, you will be doing the bigger gifts again and maybe you increase your volume instead of your cost per gift. Exactly. Doing what they're interested in and kind of walking alongside them with what their needs are, not pushing them into something that you want them to be doing. Right. Okay, so tell us, take us behind the scenes again. Now, I know you use your phone a lot because we do Facebook Live. We've already established all of that. What other types of applications or resources do you use that help you get through and grow your business? Okay, well, for this one, I'm a little embarrassed because I'm very low tech. 
So <laughs> I don't use a lot. I use a paper calendar. It's so embarrassing. Sean, you have no idea how many people say the same thing. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it just is what I'm comfortable with. And I have a whole system with, I mean, it's really embarrassing, white out, a yellow highlighter and a check mark. That's the whole system there. And I always move things. Somebody says, well, I'm not interested now. Call me in a month. I move them on the paper calendar over to the next month. And I also send myself a lot of emails when I out and somebody tells me something to follow up with them. I send myself an email to follow up with them. And then it's there in my inbox when I go back. So very, very low tech. I don't use a lot of apps. Now, this week I was at a Facebook event and I have a bunch of new video and photo apps that I put into my phone. We'll see. I do use one. It's not for productivity, but for my photos, I use Snapseed. Mm -hmm. And it's a really good editing program and you can add text and put your photos into the right format for the different social media sites and things like that. So I use that a lot. But for productivity, it's that paper calendar and my phone. That's it. And you know what? The whole point is the result that you're trying to get to. I mean, there's apps, there's paper, which like I said, a lot of people, I think because we're all creators here, we like doing things still with our hands and doesn't always have to be the high tech thing. But it's what are you trying to achieve? It's not the fact that you're using a certain technique. It's what does that get you to? What's the point, right? Right. And staying organized. As long as it organizes me, then I'm okay with it. I do. I missed one, but it's paper too, is my to-do list. I have an ongoing to-do list. And I have one in my calendar book too, that's by the day. So I can move things there and make a list and move. And then at the end of the day, if I haven't completed, I move it down and things like that, or move it to the next week, wherever it goes. So that is another big one, either a to-do list and the calendar list. So you walk in every morning already knowing the top things you're going to do for the day? Right. I usually look the night before, before I go to bed. That could give you nightmares, Sean. <laughs> it could, but I should say before I leave the office in the afternoon, I take a look and make sure everything's done for that day or is manageable for the next day. Then before I go to bed, I look again and that kind of multi-pronged, like I need to know what I'm wearing and what I'm doing and time-wise how that's going to go. So that's part of why that's the last thing. And then first thing in the morning, when I get to the office, that is, I look at it again and we start organizing how with the staff that I have and me, how we're going to complete that day. Got it. And the other thing I liked about your system is if something doesn't get done, because let's face it, things come up. Our days never actually align with exactly how we plan it all the time. But then it sounds like if something doesn't get done, you make sure to refit it in in the future so it doesn't get lost. It might not be done, but it's not lost. Right. And that's the thing. It has to get done. If it was on the to-do list, it was important. So it has to get done. So it has to move if it didn't get done. There you go. I agree. So what would you say to people who are listening who, and I'm going to target this into Facebook Live because I believe we have a lot of people who make soaps or they make cake pops. Like there's so much available behind the scenes where they're set up. They have such opportunity for Facebook Live. Usually my question is, what would you say to the new entrepreneur? But I'm not. With you, I'm going to say, what would you say to somebody who is kind of on the edge We've convinced them that Facebook Live could be good for their business, but they're saying that is just too scary. I know Sean said that she gets anxious, but she still does it. I don't know if I can. What would you say to that person? I think I would say to start simple, start with a 10 second video that just says, and people will be so endeared by this, says, you know, I'm going to start doing Facebook Live and here's my big test. What do you think? Start there. I think that's a good place to start. Do that because it should be you, I think, to start it out. 
And then after that, you can do, you could video a customer picking up and how excited they are. We just actually did that on Instagram last week, but we had a customer that had purchased a basket for herself and we showed her really excited about when she got there. So you could video a customer picking up or somebody that creates one of the components of your fits soap. I'm not sure what goes into soap, but I'm sure there's several components, maybe the essential oils or something like that. And then you're promoting someone else too. So that's awesome. You're giving visibility to somebody else too. Yes, exactly. And maybe hopefully they'll even do that with you later down the road. That's just an additional perk. So you could take videos of other people or even I used to take photos, but it could certainly be a video of my delivery driver getting in with the box, things like that. People love all of that. They love seeing the whole process. There's something about seeing that behind the scenes that is just so much fun and where you see where your product really came from and all that it took or what went into it. It's all really good stuff. I would say to stay simple and also to use the other people, like I video my assistant also, there's another idea for you. If you have <laughs> someone that helps you, you could get them on video. I told her it's part of her job description, so you can try that. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many other people you can video as well. And you saw engagement and interaction right away. So that would be interesting for people to test. You're not going to get a lot of engagement if you do like a 10-second video. If you do a little bit longer, just to see what this is all about and to see that people are going to watch it because that movement when you're going down a Facebook feed will stop people, especially if they already know you. And then they'll share it and all that stuff that Sean was talking about. And you can also do days to organize yourself. We're about to break into this a little more, but we had Word to the Wise Wednesday for a while. We started a real estate program about a month and a half ago, and we're also going to start with a real estate day each week where we're going to go live with a tip or something for that. So you can organize it that way too, and then you'll start thinking about your content if you do that. So you have a certain day that you're doing a certain thing, a vendor spotlight on every other Monday or something like that. So that's another thing you could do, or you know a box is coming, you schedule an unboxing And something maybe a little more advanced in the beginning is you can also do a little video to say you're going to do a video. So you could go on there and say, I just want you to know this is coming up. I have a really exciting box coming in and we're going to do an unboxing at three o'clock on Tuesday. So an intro. That's a great idea. Yeah, for sure. And I'm shocked at how many people will put that on the calendar and be there because my engagement is always a lot higher if I have announced that I'm going to go live. So that's interesting just for down the road, because we're keeping it simple for right right now. But it's interesting. And the other thing is not to worry about if no one's on there, because most of the people watch it in a replay anyway. So don't worry if nobody goes on there. Another thing you can do is ask people if they have questions for you. So then you'll see the little question pop up there and you can answer questions if you have people on there. In the beginning, you can also ask your friends and family to tune in and kind of increase your engagement and help you with those things. So if you want to start with that, it might be a really good way to do it. And then uh, you have kind of built-in content that way when people ask you questions. You could even seed questions. Yeah. You know, like they used to do that in the olden days when there was TV and a live audience, right? They would seed people in the audience just so that there were someone asking questions. At least there'd be someone there. Right. Absolutely. So, Sean, you said you weren't a pro. I think you're pretty much a pro at Facebook Live. I'm just (laughs) putting it out there for you. (laughs) Just keep trying to progress. That's all. Absolutely. I agree with you there. 
I had no clue that we were going to get into these two big topics. I mean, the two topics that I really think we drove home today, obviously Facebook Live, which we were just talking about, but also this new twist on networking and doing the deeper dive in a person's facility and then having that social media support is a great idea. So I thank you so much because these are things that we really haven't touched on in the podcast and you've brought them to light. So I appreciate that so much. And in return, I would like to offer you a gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? Well, I think it would be, I have a really strong desire to grow my business to about double at this point and that with employees and revenue and everything. And that's so that I can create even a greater life balance than I've started this year. It's been great, but to really get out there and be able to start traveling and doing just the parts of my business that I really, really want to. And so that's my goal. And that would be a great gift. Thank you so much. Okay. 2X your business. And how long are you giving yourself to do this? It's your gift, so you get to choose. (laughs) Well, I would ideally like to get it next week, but I think probably two years. Okay. All right. That's a good goal. Yeah, to double. All right. Perfect. Wonderful. So tell our listeners what the best way is to get in touch with you if they want to see more of what All the Buzz is about. Well, you can definitely look us up on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash allthebuzz. You can also check us out on Instagram, similar topics and things, but we're on there as all the best gifts. And if you'd like to contact me, I'm happy to take emails, Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at allthebuzzgifts.com. Perfect. And Gift Biz listeners, you know there's going to be a show notes page, so you'll have all of that information if you're out and about and you can't capture that now and you want to get it later. Again, Sean, thank you. This has been fabulous. I so appreciate your agreeing to let me interview you and such awesome information. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Sue. Total honor. This episode is all wrapped up, but your gift biz journey continues. It's your time to experience the pride and satisfaction of turning your passion into a profitable business. Join the Makers MBA program and access training modules, downloadable worksheets, and weekly live and recorded Q&A sessions addressing your specific challenges. You also have the opportunity to connect with a community of creators just like you. Head over to giftbizunwrapped.com slash makersmba to join today. And until next time, happy business crafting.